Part 2 Orthopraxy and Practice The doctor of the future will no longer treat the human frame with drugs, but rather will cure and prevent disease with nutrition. Thomas Edison I don't think any words have had a fuller possession of my mind through life than Christ putting himself in the place of the sick, the infirm, the prisoner. Florence Nightingale Chapter 3 Health, Sickness, and Sorting Out the Mess When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mark 2, verse 17. Here is the landscape we face. We live in a fallen, sinful, ethically rebellious world, being renovated by the King Jesus gospel. Analogous to this spiritual condition is pain being the body's intelligent response to sickness or injury. Disease and injury, if you will, are a culture's intelligent response that things are bad. The body culture has pain, outward expression of stress and sickness, through economic, physical, and social dysfunction. People and nations celebrate rebellion against God and his law, and this calls for negative sanctions to bring them to repentance. What pain do we experience in our culture? Bad water, e.g. fluoride and chlorine, which are carcinogenic. Nutritionally depleted soil, and as a result, animals and crops suffer. Process-laden, genetically modified GMO food. Air quality, chemtrails, exhausts, etc. Household and industrial toxins. An economic crisis with skyrocketing costs in healthcare and pharmaceutical drugs and vaccines, to name only a few. Why are Christians no better off? They experience the same things listed above, and yet the suffering and chronic conditions continue unabated. Do they serve the Creator? Do they not know any better? What about praying for the sick? Here's the truth. God will not do our job. In the book of James, the brother of Jesus instructed the elders to go to the sick and anoint them, which ought to be understood to mean some sort of natural medicinal application. James 5 verse 14. Prayer is important, but it is rather impotent without faithful action behind it. So we must pray and we must act. The reality is health is not based on luck and chance. And it's not something completely out of our reach. It's based on simple disciplines practiced daily, compounded over time. If we are willing to exhibit a teachable spirit and explore the natural, God-given remedies outlined in this book, we will be well on our way to reversing the curse of the aforementioned quandaries. Defining our terms. As we deal with the problem of sickness and develop a proper definition of health, we need to break down two key ideas so we're clear on what they mean. Both of these approaches to health have worldviews behind them, and both claim to be correct. The problem, as we'll see, is that they can't both be right. The two schools of thought are 1. Reductionist medicine, allopathy, and 2. 
holistic medicine. Naturopathy, which represents one aspect of holistic medicine, consists of two words, natra, nature or natural, the Latin root meaning birth, and pathos, the Greek word meaning suffering or disease. The word naturopathy simply refers to natural healing. Allopathy, on the other hand, consists of two words, allos, the Greek word for different or other, and pathos, which we just covered. This word refers to different healing as opposed to natural healing. The word allopathic was first used in the 19th century by the German physician Samuel Hahnemann. Dr. Peter Glidden explains, quote, Hahnemann was a homeopathic physician, a type of holistic medicine, and he came up with this term to describe and separate and the others of his profession from the MDs of his time that espoused the use of dangerous and harmful medical treatments such as bloodletting and the use of large doses of toxic substances like mercury, end quote. Glidden continues to describe the current predicament. Quote, modern day MDs are not so happy with the term allopath and will go out of their way to try to convince you that what they do is practice medicine. That they, in fact, are the sole proprietors of the entire medical field, but they are not. What they do is just one piece of the medical pie. Allopathic is an entirely appropriate eponym for what MDs do and Hahnemann should be applauded for his insight, end quote. Allopathic medicine is reductionistic medicine. Reductionistic medicine is atheistic, presupposing that man has evolved from primordial goo. While allopathic medicine is to be thanked for advancement in surgery and emergency care, it still relies on a humanist or modern understanding of the human body, as we'll see shortly. In the world and life view of allopathy, the body is an evolved bag of evolved chemicals suited only to be controlled, put under submission, and dominated for the purpose of so-called healthcare. Allopathy reduces the existence and physiology of man and his body down to the physical and only the physical. There is no soul or theistic purpose, nor is there any emotional ties to a person's general physiological makeup. Allopathy is hedonistic medicine. Treat the symptoms, make the patient feel good, and charge them an arm and a leg in the process. Instead of curative medicine, allopathy is disease management only. You have to keep taking the pills. A little surgery here to remove an organ. A little chemical drug over there to suppress an unwanted symptom. And voila, you have allopathic medicine. Again, there is much to thank particularly as it pertains to emergency care in traumatic situations. However, there is much, much more to lament. Reductionistic medicine views the human body as an evolved machine with moving parts that sometimes break down. Sometimes grease needs to be added, synthetic drugs. Other times, the parts need to be replaced. Warranties are invoked. Due to these presuppositions, the answer to disease and sickness, it is believed, must be the taking apart and segmentation of the body in order to heal it. When the body is reduced down to smaller pieces, one can allegedly fix whatever is wrong. There are tools to this worldview. 
technologies like CT scans, MRI machines, and exploratory surgeries like colonoscopies and so on are all pieces to dealing with certain parts of the body. Ideas have consequences, and when man is viewed as a puzzle instead of a painting, the resultant approach to medicine follows suit. For example, one might be on a statin drug for cholesterol, but has to get on a painkiller for the headaches caused by the drug. The painkiller destroys the liver, and now one develops other issues because the body can't filter out the bad, nor produce the bile necessary for digestion and nutrient acquisition. One drug is used to cover the consequence of the other drug, and yet another drug comes into the picture to deal with the other. And on and on we go, on the merry-go-round of reductionistic medicine, instead of healing the body through proper nutrition, the body is controlled by patented pharmaceutical drugs. The drugs are designed to oppose the symptoms, which, as Dr. Glidden points out in his book, is how they got their names in the first place. Antibiotics, anti-inflammatory, antidepressants, antihistamines, antacids, and so on. The use of synthetic drugs to control the body, much like communism, by the way, is consistent with the presuppositions of allopathic medicine today. Speaking of communism, allopathy stems from atheistic presuppositions, which is why you get what the Bible calls pharmakeia, or sorcery. Footnote 34, Revelation 9, verse 21, quote, nor did they repent of their murders or their magical arts, pharmakeia, or their sexual immorality or their thefts, end quote. Revelation 18, verse 23, quote, For your merchants were the great men of the earth, and all the nations were deceived by your sorcery, pharmakeia, end quote. See also Galatians 5, verse 20, and footnote. Medical elitism means that the money-controlling establishment controls the magical potions, dictates the vaccine schedule, and lobbies the civil magistrates to enact tyrannical laws in order to secure the market. This is also why eugenics is the natural outcome of such pagan ideas. We'll dive more into this in Appendix B. Back to holistic medicine. Standing in stark contradiction to the allopathic world is holism and its presuppositions of the human body. Homeopathy, naturopathy, acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, osteopathy, chiropractic, craniosacral and massage therapy, and a whole host of other approaches are all contributing factors to holistic medicine. Instead of the atheistic approach to medicine, holism is a theistic approach. The human body, when alive, is a simple mathematic equation. The human body equals body plus soul, or if you prefer, physical plus spiritual. For Christians, we believe, as evidenced in part one of this book, that man is made in the image of God and possesses inherent eternal value that surpasses the present but still informs the present. God made man and thus man uniquely reflects God. Holism is obviously the more biblical approach especially when using Christian presuppositions, because holistic medicine starts with God and works itself out from there. Rather than being an evolved machine, 
Holistic medicine treats the body in terms of an integrated system of interrelated functions. The body didn't evolve and thus does not lack certain chemicals only to be distributed by profit-hungry, patent-holding pharmaceutical companies. The body has the astonishing built-in feature of self-healing. It has its own regulating system, hence the fever and sweat. It can maintain itself given the right tools of nutrition. The human body is intricately designed by God, and one of the greatest features of the body is its ability to detox harmful substances. While we have yet to determine exactly where the physical meets the spiritual, we can gain understanding by applying the Christian worldview to our view of the human body. Dr. Glidden explains, quote, This innate ability of the body to manage its own affairs is what holistic doctors take advantage of in formulating their treatments. The fundamental belief here is that living organisms possess inherent self-healing processes which are able to be stimulated by the correct application of the proper therapeutic agent. So, for example, instead of taking an antibiotic which is allopathically designed to kill certain bacteria, a holistic doctor will give a treatment that stimulates the body's immune system so that the body eliminates the bacteria through its own means. This is what is meant when holistic doctors say that their treatments are working with nature. End quote. Holistic medicine, as I see as a Christian theologian, works with the following presuppositions, which can only be explained with a biblical worldview and which stand in sharp contrast to the prevailing medical establishment today. 1. Man is fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139 verse 14. The word fearfully suggests reverence and awe. God took great reverence in creating man, the crown of his creation. See Psalm 8. But a more literal reading suggests that man is awesomely wonderful as a creature. Cloaked in mystery, paradox, and a level of intelligibility, we can understand it to some degree. Man is a marvelous work of God's meticulous imagination. The word for wonderful suggests privilege and distinction, as in, man is distinct among all of creation. Rather than a biological heap of disorder and chaos, man and his existence under God is truly marvelous. 2. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. In Christ, we are made whole which means our ethical rebellion can be fixed. We can be made right with God through the work of Christ. In Him, we have salvation. But we would be remiss to ignore the implications of this verse. The word for life is zoe, which means of the totality of the created order. It's not just life in the sense of a disembodied spiritual existence in heaven. The word is about the material world too. Christ restores us not just in our relationship to God, but to our relationship with creation. The thorns given to Adam because of his rebellion were fashioned into a crown worn by the second Adam. Jesus took the thorns, the curse of creation, on himself, and as a result we can, through obedience, restore all of life through the vehicle of godliness and obedience to God's law word, but only if we would obey the blueprints. 
Three, a chronically sick culture is one under God's negative sanctions for failing to apply life-giving, life-sustaining principles and practices. Deuteronomy 28 verse 14. Seeing that God desires to heal the nations, we need to keep in mind that his program for healing has real-time historical feedback. God blesses and God curses, and all of it is with the aim of getting people to repent. When cultures experience the oppression of rampant sickness and disease, atheistic reductionism isn't going to bring healing. And, lest we are found to be working against God by complying with that worldview, we must quickly realize that our only hope is Christ-saturated faith. In our current cultural dilemma, we have abortion, vaccination, and toxicity in our water, in our air, and our drugs. These are not life-giving, life-sustaining principles. Instead of utilizing the tremendous power of creation to get proper nutrition, we rely on beaker-concocted pharmaceuticals which seek, kill, and destroy unsuspecting recipients. 4. Health is not a secret. Gnosticism language controlled by a mysterious healing cult. Gnosticism is an ancient heresy the church had to fight against. Its emphasis was on secret knowledge being the key to life. This abhorrent philosophy has leaked over into many different things, not least the medical establishment with redacted studies, hidden ingredients, and uninhibited, liability-free, coffer-filling commerce. Healing is not for the elites, it's for everyone, everywhere, which means we must give it back to the people, not keep it secretive. 5. As the great physician, Jesus, has called on the sick, the sinner, to repent and be healed, not the one who is healed, the self-righteous. Spiritual sickness requires spiritual healing, and physical sickness requires physical healing. The problem comes in when a person is too stubborn to admit his sickness. Repentance requires humility, and humility has no room for pride. When we admit our sin, Christ heals. When we admit our lack of diligence in taking care of ourselves, we are well on our way to healing. 6. As such, we have a calling not only to repent of our passive allowance of medical tyranny, but also demystify health and healing for the nations. We have been given the creation mandate and dominion in the world starts with the self. Health, then, is simply a matter of responsible, informed, proactive self-government. We simply cannot allow others to take care of our health concerns. We must put self-government back in the front seat and start doing the work, yes, work, of health and healing, you can't give someone something you don't possess. We need to return to the tradition of passing on vital information and knowledge and skill to our children and their children's children's children. After all, grandma's remedy came from her mom's mom. How we got here. At this point in our journey, you might be asking yourself how we got into the disheveled reductionistic mess we're in. And it is a mess. The onslaught of synthetic drugs didn't just come out of nowhere. That you can count on. It came in the early 20th century. And here's the story. In 1910, the Flexner Report came out and changed everything. Abraham Flexner 
was commissioned and hired by the American Medical Association and other powerful companies to assess the medical schools all throughout North America. At the time, there were 155 schools. Flexner's goal was to evaluate current procedures and basically massage the data in order to get the results his bosses wanted. Up until this report, holistic medicine was just medicine and natural treatments ruled the day. Not only was holism ever so pervasive and widely accepted, the discipleship model of education was decentralized and self-regulating, much like the free market does whenever government regulations are kept at bay. Ty Bollinger surveys the freedom before the Flexner report, quote, The greatest advancements in medicine could be attained by virtually anyone with an inquiring mind and the means and wherewithal to achieve success, all without undue bureaucratic impediment, end quote. Anytime there is a change in religious presuppositions, there is a change in law. When there is a major change in law and social order, we need to follow the money. The Flexner Report is no different. Funded by the Rockefellers and the Carnegies, they desired to utilize their experience in the oil industry to bring the entire medical establishment under one collective roof. Again, Bollinger explains it well. Quote, Recognizing that the American populace was already fully attuned to the idea of free market medicine, the Rockefellers and Carnegies, who sponsored the report, knew they couldn't just come right out and say they wanted to consolidate medicine into a unified system under their control. They had to figure out a way to convince people that medical education was in need of reform, which they did by promoting the idea that medical schools were ripping people off for private gain." End quote. What you need to know is that 1910 marked a tremendous turn in medicine and that the Flexner Report and its financiers are to blame. In order to collectivize and socialize medicine, uniformity needed to be implemented. In order to accomplish this control, the public needed to be persuaded. Who better to persuade the masses than the rich and powerful? Abraham Flexner and his brother Simon were hired to travel the world document what needed to be changed, all with the goal of taking over medicine. As a result, the landscape changed. The number of medical schools decreased. Accreditation stipulations increased. Students had to meet strenuous requirements and schools had to run a certain way. New legislation governed this new vision for what constituted proper science-based medicine. There was a hostile takeover of John Hopkins-style schools, which were strategically placed throughout the country. Everything changed, and it changed fast. In a matter of years, homeopathy schools closed, herbalists were out of business, and chiropractors were labeled quacks. Apprehending the establishment meant an overhaul of law, an overhaul of education, and a smear campaign against anyone and everyone who challenged the new paradigm. The medical crusade reduced competition, centralized control through money and grants, and because of all these efforts just 100 short years ago, we have the mess we have today, with more and more government barnacles being added every year. Bollinger summarized, quote, A conspiracy between big oil and big pharma arose because these entities are basically one and the same. 
synthetic drugs were manufactured from petroleum derivatives sourced through John D. Rockefeller's Standard Oil Monopoly. Rockefeller and his co-conspirators would stop at nothing to maintain their grip on both fuel and pharmaceutical medicine, and they were willing to fight against all traditional therapeutics in order to accomplish this. End quote. This is how we got into the mess we're in. But we need to get out of it, and we need some strategies and definitions in order to do so. What is health? According to Dr. Glidden, quote, Health is the ability of a living organism to experience stress and remain symptom-free, wherein the systems of the body exist in a natural state of harmony and equipoise, balance, each to the other, end quote. While I do believe that the definition is succinct and proper, I would adjust it slightly. Health is the ability of an image bearer to experience stress and adversity while remaining symptom-free, wherein the integrated systems of the body in their God-given created state are functioning in their proper capacity in a state of balance, peace, and shalom. Now this may seem like I'm splitting hairs, but the point I'm making is that the natural body exists the way it does because God says it should. These integrated bodily functions are what they are because God spoke and it was so. On top of this theological principle is the fact that the body isn't just a physical system, which is what Glidden seems to imply, whether he knows it or not. The living organism is both physical and immaterial, which means that we have to ensure that there is a place for emotional balance and tranquility of the heart as well. Health is more than just having a healthy liver and thyroid. For example, it's also having peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Health, then, includes proper function of the following non-exhaustive things. 1. Neurological system. Your cerebral spinal fluid ought to be flowing properly up and down your spine. This requires a healthy sphenoid bone, which serves as a conduit for cranial nerves in your head. You also have dura matter, which is a thick membrane that surrounds both the brain and your spinal cord. Chiropractic care craniosacral therapy, and other osteopathic treatments are important for your nervous system's overall health. And on top of this, you need good gut health because your gut produces much of the serotonin and dopamine in your brain. 2. Circulatory system. Blood flow is essential. Your cells need oxygen, and the way this happens is through the vast vehicle known as your blood. Regular movement and exercise even if it's only 20 minutes per day, is essential to exercising your heart muscle so it can properly distribute blood to the rest of your body. 3. Immune and lymphatic system. Your body needs a sewer system to flush out the bad, and having a healthy liver and gut makes it all happen. Proper nutrition, sweating, infrared saunas, exercise, etc. will help boost these systems. 4. Digestive system. Your body needs healthy cells, we'll discuss this shortly, and proper nutrition is essential, see the next chapter. Food goes into your mouth, is sent to the stomach to be sorted out, and the enzymes, vitamins, nutrients, amino acids, and fatty acids interact with the bile produced by your liver, which is stored in the gallbladder, in order to filter out what the body needs in order to keep the cells healthy. Eating good foods and avoiding bad foods is only one aspect of health.
5. Emotional and Spiritual System You are a whole person made in the image of God, and while you do have a physical body which requires proper function, your heart, soul, and mind need emotional health too. When you grumble, worry, and give yourself over to fear and fatalism, the physical transactions happening in your brain and nervous system negatively affect your body. Your thoughts are both physical and metaphysical. You can't purchase thought at the store. Since you're a created being who's called to reflect God, you need to be emotionally healthy too. And this means getting right with your creator. See chapter 1. We don't have the time or space to get into every single anatomical function of the human body, but I would encourage you to get familiar with each of the things listed previously. You are responsible for your health, and trying to remember your 6th grade science class material just isn't going to happen. You need to be healthy to participate in the healing of the nations, so don't make excuses. Learn just how fearfully and wonderfully made you truly are. What is sickness? If health is resistance to symptoms and stress, then sickness is the inability to resist the stress. Stress, by the way, is not necessarily the tension you feel because your schedule is too busy. Dr. Glidden points out that there is positive stress and negative stress. Positive stress, like lifting weights, makes tissues and muscles stronger. Negative stress, like EMF overload, hurts the electromagnetic growth of cells. Good stress is good, and we want to cultivate this stress each day. Bad stress, however, like weather and temperature, lack of nutrition and bad water, is something we need to avoid at all cost. When the body doesn't have the tools needed to regenerate itself, sickness occurs. Quote, People get depression, allergies, asthma, colitis, arthritis, cancer, etc. because they have a physiological weakness that they either acquired at birth or developed over time or both usually it is both, that was capitalized upon by the stress of life. This applies to all disease states, end quote. Dr. Glidden further explains that the negative stress can be broken down into three categories. One, common stressors. These are types of stress that affect everybody differently. Examples are weather, food, common bacteria, deadlines at work, heights. Two, mega stressors. These will cause a reaction in anyone who is exposed to them, regardless of their susceptibility. Some examples would be bullets fired from a gun, intense heat, exceptionally virulent microbes, and ionizing radiation. 3. Chronic stresses. These types of stresses will wear somebody down and cause a reaction regardless of how weak or strong their systems are. But the negative effects of chronic stresses happen after extended periods of time. For example, if someone lives in a mold-infested house for three years, they will get sick. If someone inhales asbestos five days a week for a few years, they will develop lung cancer. As you can see, living in a fallen, sin-sick world has its stressors. Symptoms only come about when stress, prolonged or not, is exacerbated and running free. The human body works to adjust itself in order to fight off the sickness. Things like pain, swelling, and fever are the body's natural way of resisting the bad and establishing balance in the body. 
What we don't want to do is suppress what the body is doing to bring said balance. Aspirin, Tylenol, NyQuil, and other drugs mask and suppress the systems and do nothing to deal with the stress. This is what we mean by disease management. In order to cure the sickness, the body needs the tools to do what it is designed to do. Refraining from masking the symptoms is only the start. Equipping the body with proper tools is the rest of the story. Cellular health is ground zero. You have probably never been told this by your local allopathic medicine community, but your body is an electrical grid with many moving parts. At the microscopic level, you are a composition of trillions of cells. Your cells are made of atoms, and electrical energy is built within the cellular framework. The human body, then, is controlled primarily by electronics, physics, not chemistry. In order to get healing, you must make sure your cells have proper voltage. Every single cell is designed to run at about a negative 20 to 25 millivolts. When cells need to be repaired, the voltage increases to minus 50 millivolts. The way we measure voltage is the pH scale. pH stands for potential hydrogen. Cancer and disease flourish when the body is acidic. The body is acidic when voltage is low. When voltage is low, you're losing electrons, and this is how cells die. Health is maintained, and healing takes place when cells are remade. This requires proper voltage. Consider the concept of regeneration, which has both a theological meaning and a scientific meaning. Scientifically speaking, your body regenerates itself and does so often. Dr. Tennant explains, quote, to reverse chronic disease, we must look for the reasons that we have lost the ability to make new cells. Making new cells requires minus 50 millivolts of energy, amino acids to make the insides of cells, fats to make the outside of cells, vitamins and minerals to make the metabolic processes work, oxygen, a fuel system, fats and glucose, a sewage system to get rid of waste proteins, lymphatic system, a system to protect us from infections, and a way to get rid of toxic substances, end quote. Regeneration is crucial for the body because we get well not by trying to fix bad cells, but by making new ones. Quote, we replace the rods and cones in our retina every 48 hours. The lining of our intestines is replaced every three days. We replace our skin every six weeks, our liver every eight weeks, our nervous system every eight months, and our bones every year, end quote. If you want to be healthy and fight off sickness, you need to think about the ways in which you can make new cells. You need raw materials in order to make them. When your voltage is minus 50 millivolts, the cellular pH is 7.88. When this happens, you make new healthy cells. When your voltage is plus 30 millivolts, your cellular pH is 6.48, and this is when cancer occurs. Cancer isn't some foreign substance that gets into your body from places we don't know. Cancer is simply bad cells gone rogue. What we call cancer is simply the body's reaction to toxicity and dangerous pathogens being allowed to roam free. Good, healthy cells, given the proper tools, heal themselves from pathogenic harm keeping cancer from inexorable development. Bad, malignant cells replicate, 
gather their friends to form a tumor and drain the body's energy, redirecting the nutritional supply which ought to be funneled to good cells. These rogue cells are thieves. Inside your cell membranes are electrical capacitors which, like a battery, store electrons for reproduction and health. Inside the cell is an electron storage system known as ATP or ADP. This system makes the cell work the way it's supposed to work. When cells have the oxygen they need, quote, we make 38 molecules of ATP from one unit of fatty acids, but when oxygen is unavailable, we only make two, end quote. When cells are restricted, they cannot provide electrons to the pathways of the cells, and thus you have sickness. If this sounds complicated to you, don't worry. The main thing to understand here is that the proper voltage in the body, which is linked to proper nutrition, makes sure that the body has the tools it needs. Sickness means the tools aren't readily available. Pharmacist Ben Fook, quote, A cell is a multifunctional, miniaturized throbbing dynamo that the microbiologist Guy Brown called a vast teeming metropolis. Cells extract nutrients from food, conduct electrical energy for a heartbeat, and detoxify poisons like pharmaceutical and food additives. Cells deliver oxygen, fight bacteria, and build bone and connective tissue. All this is occurring at an infinitesimally tiny scale. In fact, every single function of the human body must occur in a vast number of cells before we can know about it. Likewise, Diseases must occur at the level of a vast number of cells before we recognize that we're sick. Behind all disease is always a group of cells that, through starvation, suffocation, and toxification, no longer have the vim and vigor to do their business. All disease is cell disease. End quote. Back to cancer for just a moment. Cancer itself isn't the bacteria, but the terrain. Bacteria in the body is normal. We have millions of such things. Not all bacteria are bad. Rather than bacteria being the cause of human ailments, it is the terrain on which bacteria gains a foothold that determines whether or not a person gets sick. Germs and bacteria in and of themselves are harmless to healthy cells. It's the environment that becomes the problem and fosters a place for disease to thrive. Quote, Your immune system, believe it or not, technically operates as a type of backup when your internal ecological terrain fails to fend off germs as a first line of defense. Cell tissues then become diseased, attracting more germs, and the immune system responds by kicking into high gear, sometimes with success and sometimes with failure. Maintaining a healthy internal terrain is your first priority, and boosting your immune system is second." End quote. When your voltage is on par and our alkalinity is in place, cancer cells and other diseases have a much harder time gaining a foothold. They simply cannot reproduce and perpetuate themselves when the body is in balance. The allopathic model of medicine insists that systems break down due to germs and bacteria and thus they treat it accordingly. Chemotherapy, for example, can cause cancer by strengthening cancer cells by turning them into stem cells, which reproduce more cancer cells. By eliminating healthy cells, chemo is indiscriminately administered and can be total warfare on the body depending on how the cells react, cancer is allowed to run amok. Footnote 50. 
according to the Journal of Clinical Oncology, 2004, among the 154,971 cancer patients from both Australia and the U.S. and representing 22 different types of cancer, 2.3% of Australians and 2.1% of Americans survived the chemo treatment longer than five years. This alone should deter everyone from going down the path towards chemotherapy. End footnote. When the environment is altogether ignored, the bacteria and germs are thus overemphasized. However, true healing begins when the body's environment is given the proper tools. Seven Cell Building Essentials, CBEs. The proper tools and materials for health and vitality are found in the seven cell building essentials, which occupy the next three chapters of the book. Dr. Jerry Tennant gives an apt illustration regarding the need for rebuilding cells and compares it to rebuilding a healthy home after a tornado strike. The effects of deficient nutrition, including poor absorption, he says, results in toxins or disease-causing pathogens on human cells to wreak havoc much like a tornado does to a home. No one rebuilds a home by solely purchasing the materials needed to repair a destroyed home. One would need to take a holistic approach and take at least seven basic steps in order to make the home livable and healthy. This includes preventative medicine too. The seven CBEs are summarized in three categories, which will make up the next three chapters. Number one, Nutrify. The first CBE is Healthy Nutrition, via food and supplements that provide you with the Mighty 90. You should only buy and use good materials to build a house. You should not try and use the materials found from the wreckage. The second CBE is Healthy Hydration via water that is filtered, oxygenated, cleansed, and fortified with chlorine dioxide, CDMMS, and dimethyl sulfoxide, DMSO. To rebuild the house, you need access to clean water. Number two, detoxify. The third CBE is healthy detoxification via improving cellular metabolism and liver, kidney, and sweating operations. To rebuild the house, you need to clean up the damage left from the tornado. The fourth CBE is healthy immune and lymphatic systems via strengthening the immune system and supporting the lymphatic system, especially for gut health. To rebuild the house, you have to have a working sewer system. Number three, energize. The fifth CBE is a healthy nervous system via fortifying the nervous system with routine exercise, holistic dental care, adequate sleep, and the application of electrons with electrical microcurrents and grounding. The new home needs safe and reliable electrical power lines. The sixth CBE is healthy blood, brain, bones, skin, circulatory, and respiratory systems via making clean blood, developing a sharp, toxin-free brain, strong bones, vibrant skin, and good circulation and deep respiration. Your new home needs a solid HVAC system in place, both for heating and cooling. The seventh CBE is a healthy spiritual system. Via building upon God's foundation and strengthening your soul, what we call salvation and sanctification, your house needs a solid foundation 
and there is no better foundation than the Word of God. Conclusion There is a lot to learn when it comes to health and healing, and frankly, there's a lot we have to unlearn. The modern allopathic model of medicine has a vicious grip on unwitting participants. For the past 100 years, we have been sold a bill of goods and services that has done nothing but perpetuate more disease and chronic illness. The current healthcare industry will tell you that it promotes health and healing, but this is nothing but sloganeering and smoke and mirrors. Preying on vulnerable people, manipulating them through fear tactics, all of it is done to generate billions of dollars. But are we really healthy? No. How is it we boast in our technological advancement, yet here in America we are experiencing increasing rates of cancer and disease? We are not as healthy as we like to think. The pervasiveness of allopathic clinics sprinkled all over the place is most assuredly not a sign of health. The mess we're in stems from bureaucratic meddling, and when you think about it, every other area of life that has such government encroachments and controls ends in the same cesspool of tyranny. Although briefly outlined previously, the Flexner Report information is readily available for further exploration and you should look into it. Make no mistake, this was the decisive turning point when the keys to the car were handed over to centralized control. When you follow the money, you can find the movers and shakers. It's not enough to be frustrated by the meddling. We must get back to the basics of understanding health, healing, and sickness. We must get our car back. At the molecular level, you are made up of cells, lots of them. The seven cell building essentials are designed to take the presuppositions of Christian theology and apply them. Focusing on the ground level components to health and healing through simple daily rhythms is the key to health. Quote, there shall no longer be an infant who lives only a few days, nor an old man who has not filled out his days. For the child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred years old, shall be accursed. End quote. Isaiah 65, verse 20. The Bible's grand vision for the kingdom of God on earth, as it is in heaven, is for men, women, and children to be healthy, having proper nutrients, proper detoxification, and storehouses of energy, to live a long, fruitful life with healthy cells, so that we may serve and love God with everything inside of us and love our neighbor as ourselves. And now we must turn to the seven CBEs. 10 things from chapter 3. 1. Sick bodies produce symptoms, much like sick cultures produce symptoms. Our cultural symptoms are faithfully killing us. Bad water, e.g. fluoride and chlorine, which are carcinogenic. Nutritionally depleted soil, and as a result, animals and crops suffer. Process-laden, genetically modified GMO food. Air quality, chemtrails, exhausts, etc. Household and industrial toxins, an economic crisis with skyrocketing costs in healthcare, and pharmaceutical drugs and vaccines, to name only a few. 2. The two rival models for healthcare are 1. Reductionistic allopathic and 2. Holism. Both have worldviews and presuppositions behind them, and both claim to be able to bring you healing. 3. 
Reductionistic medicine views the human body as an evolved machine with moving parts that sometimes break down. In order to heal the machine, grease must be applied, drugs, and parts must be switched out, organ removal, chemical manipulation, etc. 4. Holistic medicine treats the body in terms of integrated systems of interrelated functions. The body didn't evolve and thus does not lack certain chemicals. 5. The body has the astonishing built-in feature of self-healing. It has its own regulating system, hence the fever and sweat. It can maintain itself given the right tools of nutrition. The human body is intricately designed by God and one of the greatest features of the body is its ability to detox harmful substances. 6. In 1910, the Flexner Report came out and changed everything. Abraham Flexner was commissioned and hired by the American Medical Association and other powerful companies to assess the medical schools all throughout North America. This was the decisive moment when the landscape of healthcare changed in America. 7. Health is the ability of an image bearer to experience stress and adversity while remaining symptom-free, wherein the integrated systems of the body in their God-given created state are functioning in their proper capacity in a state of balance, peace, and shalom. 8. If health is resistance to symptoms and stress, then sickness is the inability to resist the stress. When the body doesn't have the tools needed to regenerate itself, sickness occurs. 9. Your body is an electrical grid with many moving parts. At the microscopic level, you are a composition of trillions of cells. Your cells are made of atoms, and electrical energy is built within the cellular framework. The human body, then, is controlled primarily by electronics, physics, not chemistry. 10. The proper tools and materials for health and vitality are found in the seven cell building essentials.